Welcome to the One of a Kind podcast, the show where we explore the stories we tell ourselves and the moments that got us here. I'm Nisi Duran, and I hope today's conversation gives you something to smile about. Welcome to the fifth episode of the One of a Kind podcast. Today's guest is Trent Raymond. I met Trent six months ago when I moved back to San Diego, California, and he quickly became a friend who I can always trust to share the best music and to bring a refreshing sense of positivity into my life. Trent grew up in Connecticut and spent four years in the U.S. Marine Corps. He is currently a personal trainer based in San Diego, California. One of the things that stands out for me is how much Trent enjoys his work. He says that learning to create a relationship with his clients while pushing them to become the best version of themselves is what keeps him motivated and happy to come to work every day. Not surprising, he enjoys working out, spending time with friends and family, listening to music, and thinks that golden Oreos are better than original Oreos. In this conversation, we discuss the value of letting go, the importance of fully feeling our emotions, the healing power of music, and very importantly, how to be brave through the fear. So I think I'm going to launch the podcast this week. Awesome. Um, I've been very nervous, to be honest. I, the last couple of days, I've been reaching out to different friends and I told them that maybe I just won't launch. Oh no. <laughs> I'm so nervous, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to. So probably this week, if not for sure, the following week. Um, but the reason I bring it up is I was listening to a lot of the episodes, the ones that are finalized and also the ones that I haven't finished editing. And I think I mention you in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> for better or for worse. Yes. So I'm really glad I'm interviewing you because now people will know who you are. Oh, well, this so. is great then. Awesome. So you're kind of famous to my friends. So now they'll at least I, know who you are. <laughs> yes. Yes. They can put a name to a face. I love it. So your name is Trent, Trent Allen Raymond. That's correct. Um, you are my personal trainer and I met you six months ago. Yes. yes. Do you want to tell, say a little bit about what you do? and A little bit about me. Originally from Connecticut, mm-hmm. born and raised since I was little. About 18 years old, I made my decision to go into the military. I served four years in the United States Marine Corps. I was in an infantry unit. I got out as a non-commissioned officer, if you guys mm-hmm. know what that is. <laughs> I don't. You can tell us. <laughs> Non-commissioned officer, is there certain ranks where you get, it's like a leadership role. So you kind of just like promotions along the way, but it's, it's, it's a pretty good rank to get out as in your four years. It's a good accomplishment. So I got out after four years and then I decided, Hey, you know, I've always been able to create good relationships with people. Um, I want to do something along the lines of helping somebody. And I've always loved being fit and being athletic. And I figured, Hey, personal trainer, perfect position for me. Anything that's been surprising? Hmm. I mean, going into it is obviously, you know, you, you have to work to get your clients and you have to go be social. And so, which is, is usually, a, you know, an easy thing for me, but I did run into a little bit of trouble when I first started. It is a little different, you know, randomly going up to people at the gym and just kind of sparking up conversations. It's, it's all circumstantial though, depending on, you know, like what they're doing, or if they ask you a certain question, it's easy to approach them in certain ways. But that is kind of what I struggled with at first was finding my little niche and how to 
how to open up and how to go talk to somebody and approach that. But over time, you learn and you adapt. Um, and I think the military kind of taught me a lot about being able to adapt and overcome um, in certain uncomfortable situations. So, oh, yeah. Well, we should probably talk about that then. <laughs> okay. I, I love it. We're tapping into it already. Let's do it. <laughs> um, can you say more about that? And is that something that you needed to, like, I mean, you were 18 when you joined, right? So maybe you didn't have a lot of practice doing that, overcoming things, but is that what you're hoping to get out of the military when you joined or what was your thought process? Um, I think more or less direction was my, my main purpose of the military at first. Um, like direction in your life. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Direction okay. in my life. As I, you know, did my four years and I experienced everything that I did, it kind of just, it solidified my type of mindset as I was oh, growing okay. up. And like, I've always kind of had a, my mom, mom would like to say, I, I like to be independent. I like to kind of be on my own sometimes and do my own thing. And I think that kind of just like solidified that I could do that and I could stay in California and live my yeah. life here and not go back to Connecticut and live that everybody knows everybody lifestyle and just be here on my own because I, I, I do love that. And I do miss my family. Um, my mom and actually, and I were talking about that this morning. Yeah. Um, What'd you yeah. say? <laughs> oh, no, we, we just had a little chat this morning. She was excited for me to come do the podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's everybody's excited to hear it, to be honest. <laughs> I'm excited. I was so excited all week. <laughs> me too. Me too. I've been a little nervous. I'm not going to lie though, but okay. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, Cause you know, I'm always up for a challenge. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, but you miss was, your family, which is a normal feeling, you of know, of course. Yeah. yeah. But um, no, it just, since I got out, it kind of just, as I transitioned into being a trainer and you know, trying to just discover who I am and where I want to go. Um, that just is a strong mindset. And I, I'm still every day learning from you guys and from all of my clients. And I, that's why yeah. I think I love it the most too, is I can pick everybody's brain because you guys have just, you guys have gone through it and you've felt it and you've lived it. And it's just like molding me in a way. Because we're so old compared to you. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I had to tell you. I had to say it. Uh, I, I knew it was coming out. <laughs> I had to say it. That's funny. Was there anything that you didn't like about the military that you wanted to make sure you were mindful of in your next phase? Yeah. The, one of the things that I would say that I definitely... So it, it's kind of counterintuitive, to be honest, because going in, I, I kind of felt like I was a troubled kid in a sense, like with oh. a mindset and just certain factors that went into play, like growing up with, you know, circumstances with my family, with relationships. I just, I felt like a lot of anger um, hey. as a kid and in my, and in my, you know, going into a high school years, probably from like 13 to 18, there was always a lot of pent up anger inside in certain aspects. And, you know, my family and I would get in arguments and things were said that like, you know, just didn't need to be said because there was just that anger side to it. Um, so I felt going into the military um, would help channel that in a certain way. And the Marine, Marine Corps, especially, um, which it did, which was phenomenal. Um, and I was able to, you know, let that out in a, a safe way, in a way that like, I wasn't going to get myself in trouble. Um, so, which was awesome. Um, but as I slowly got out and like, was getting nearing my end of my enlistment, that was one of the personality traits that I didn't really want to take with me. I kind of wanted oh. to leave that like side of me uh, more or less in the military. Like I, I definitely have that side to me if it needs to, but like, I just, 
there's no reason for that anger to be there anymore. Cause all it does is just weigh you down. Like you gotta, you gotta work through it and unpack it. And I think over the years, that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, and I was ready to let it go when I got out. So that's amazing. That's amazing. It. Thank you. Thank you. You mentioned that. I think you said 13 to 18, you felt a lot of anger. Is that, uh, I have a son who is <laughs> three, almost four. Do you think that this is a common experience of adolescence or was there something more specific to your experience that you felt it was more than average at that feeling that you would have? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I, I would say as teenage boys, as you know, we get older, I'd say, yeah, to a certain extent, there's probably adolescence has a, you know, a big factor in it. Um, and just growing up and trying to discover and what what's going on, you know, because nobody ever really knows what's going on at that age. No, um, it's so hard. It is. It really is. Um, but no, I think in certain aspects, there were more like things at play, like with my family and like, things that happened, I think that caused more of that anger than just the adolescence. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just felt very, I felt very lost mm. and not very, mm, not, gr- not grounded at all, just very lost yeah. and not knowing which avenue to go. I always knew deep down inside, I wanted to get out of Connecticut and I wanted, I always wanted to come to California. Yeah. Um, West coast, baby. <laughs> that's right. That's right. West coast, West coast. <laughs> oh, no, hit me on the East coast. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but no, I always knew I wanted to, I wanted more, like I said, and mm-hmm. I was going to, I was going to get there somehow, but I just didn't know how. And so my father actually helped me out tremendously with that because he sat me down <clears throat> and he was like, listen, you know, you've, you've never really showed any interest in the military, but it's something that can definitely set you up for the future, right? If you do decide down the road, hey, I want to go to college or I want to try this, that it's always a credible thing that somebody can look at a resume and be like, okay, even if it was just four years, you, you served in the United States Marine Corps. That's a lot of days. <laughs> it's a hard thing to do for four years. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so it was just something that he was like, listen, you have to maybe explore this and see what happened. Um, so we did, I, I said, I know nothing really about the military, like which branch I would like to do. And I was like, dad, you know, me, like my personality, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, I was open-minded to the idea. And he said, knowing you and just how you like a challenge <laughs> your competitiveness, yes. um, why not the Marine Corps? And so I, I was the hardest I was, one. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. And so I was just like, Hey, I, I that, yeah, I, let's give it a shot. Um, and I was actually 17 at the time. I wasn't even 18 yet. Baby. Um, I know. I know. <laughs> and my dad was like, listen, if you want to do it, I can sign for you. All I need is to have your mom sign too. And the recruiter said, just get both the signatures and you're good to go. Even before you're 18. I was like, okay. And of course, mom was a little hesitant about it. She was a little taken back by it, but obviously she supported me as she always does. Um, and so, yeah, we signed the papers. I shipped out two months later in November of 2016. That's so fast. Mm-hmm. That's so fast. <laughs> and then you came to California. I did. I did. I and eventually you haven't left. <laughs> and I've stayed. It's got me here. <laughs> What'd you think when you got here? I mean, we were probably in training I don't know how it works, but I'm guessing you were in hardcore training and maybe didn't get to explore initially. 
Uh, but once you got to explore, what'd you think? Did it live up to the hype in your head? <laughs> it, well, it definitely did. And, oh, and good. <laughs> more. Yeah. A little bit of a culture shock though. I'm not going to lie. I think the biggest thing that definitely like was the, like a wow factor for me here, like in California specifically was like the driving. Oh, like, because in Connecticut, the highways are only like two lane roads and like oh, really? small little like town back roads. It's very, oh. it's very pretty and very beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Um, Connecticut, it, it's, it's great, but it's in certain parts, you know, it's a lot different, not a small town and a little bit bigger city life. Um, but it just depends where you are. But coming out here and seeing these highways and seeing everything going on, that was the biggest thing. I was like, oh my gosh, like oh, I funny. drive out here. It's going to be different. <laughs> So, are, you, are you a good driver? I would like to think I'm pretty okay. Um, are you used to it by now? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mom it is intimidating. Taught me. <laughs> Who taught you? Mama Lisa. Oh, then you're a great driver. You're a great <gasps> driver. She can do no wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quick story on that. My mom and my dad both were very yeah. supportive of me getting my license and doing that, which was, it was great. Like, I loved that whole process of it. But leading up to practicing, like my dad and I would go on the roads and everything, but my mom, she <laughs> took it to a whole nother level. Got, I love her though. We would go to the state parks and she <laughs> thought it was very important for me to know how to, you know, back up, use my mirrors, yeah. be able to like, not just have rely on backup cameras. Right. And. Oh, yes. Mm, she's right. Old school driving. Yes. And so what I would do is I would drive through the state forests, you know, super kind of like tight roads at certain points in times, but it wasn't as bad. My mom had a Jeep, so it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but then however far we would go and, you know, just into the forest, she would make me drive in reverse all the way back. What? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Using just my side mirrors. Mama Lisa. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> She's like training you for Mission Impossible. That's so funny. That's, was it fun? It was it fun. Was, it was a lot of fun. I'll be honest. It was great. And it, I, there was a certain little scary points when we first started because it's different. You know, your things are kind yeah. of opposite. But no, it, we had such a great time. And it was, it was a cool experience. She's brave. <laughs> she She's is. tough. She, but she was a great driver herself. She actually drove tractor trailer truck. Um, oh, you did tell me that. That's so cool. Yeah. <gasps> I feel like I should interview your mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel gosh. like she'd be so she good. <laughs> would love this. Would she'd love be this. so good. I want to go back to talking a little bit about anger, if that's okay. You sure. mentioned it a couple of times. How do you feel about being angry? I know that's such a broad question, but the reason mm. I bring it up is maybe I mentioned this to you before. I don't do well with showing anger and it's something I'm working on. I think anger is a valuable feeling. It is a normal human feeling, but there's not a lot of avenues that we get to express it. And so sure. it sounds like the military gave you an avenue in a couple of different ways to focus it. And then to your point, you evaluated and said, is it still serving me? And how can it serve me? So I imagine you still get angry, <laughs> So, but yep. how have you changed in terms of how you express it or the need to express it? How has that changed for you over the years? Hmm. Um, so I, I mean, as a kid, uh, it was very, it was very hard to, to channel that somehow. Um, Definitely. I just, I would yell, I would scream, I'd say hurtful things that I didn't mean. Um, yeah. I was, I'll be honest with you. I was uh, a person of, I, I liked to hit things when I was a kid. Um, I just, that, 
that pain of when I would hit, I used to tell this to my mom because my mom would ask me, she's like, why do you, why do you do that? Why do you like work through it that way? And I would tell her that like when I would hit something that the pain that I would feel in my hand would like somehow satisfy that like, uh, I'm angry. You know what definitely, I'm saying? Definitely, definitely. You, you get what I'm saying with that? The physical, with the emotional, the connection. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so that's how I would channel it when I was younger. But I knew that that was not something that I could continue to do. One, because I just, I didn't want to hurt myself and it just, yeah. that's not healthy, you know? Yeah. Um, so my grandmother was a big advocate of also of trying to help me out with, um, you know, channeling that anger. She would say, say scream into a pillow, uh, just, just yell, just, they were just trying to help me find sort of avenues to be able to just let that out. Um, and then I think as I got older, I, I learned to have like better inner talks with myself, um, to be able to be like, okay, is this necessarily a situation where I need to get upset and feel it that much? Um, cause it, I would scare myself. Honestly, to answer your, to answer your question, I I would scare myself. Not only did I scare my parents and my family, like my family and everybody, but myself, sometimes I felt like I would lose control and I would kind of just not, not necessarily black out, but you just, you just see red. Um, and you just see you fire words that you don't mean. And you just, and it's just, it's not a good situation to be in. And I was, I didn't like that about myself. And that was one of the things that I very much wanted to change too. Um, so as I got older, I learned to channel that a little bit better. Um, but it was still something that was so hard for me in certain times it would come out and I'm just like, Oh, like, I don't know how to work through this. And so then the military gave me that aspect and we would, we would fight all the time sanctioned, um, of course. Um, but that was my way of being able to do that. And like, mm-hmm. But then I it also, to a certain extent, it kind of fed into it, which was also not a great situation for me to be in because I was trying, I wanted to let that part of me go. And I'm going to get a little talking about that. But like, so I very much wanted to let that go. And I was ready to, you know, just rid myself of all of that weight, you know? And so I was able to do that. And then with the military, and I noticed that, it was kind of leading me down a little bit more of a darker path in certain yeah. aspects. Um, I knew that there was another change that I had to make. So I was like, okay, like, I don't, I don't think the military necessarily, and this might've played a factor without even me realizing um, why I didn't want to stay in for more than four years. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I, that's funny that I'm actually saying this now and it's like, boom, light bulb as I'm talking to you, but I think that could have played a factor. Yeah. That I just, I didn't, I didn't want to feel that no more. And I didn't want to be doing all of that and that lifestyle. Um, and I was ready to get back to having my freedom, but also work on myself in a more healthier way. Yeah. Um, so that would be my answer to that. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. I wish I could hug you. <laughs> no, it's, I, I, that's why, I, like I said, I wanted to do this because I, it's just, it feels so cleansing and so freeing to say these things. And it's something that I've kept inside for so long. You just, you stuff, you stuff, but you, you can't do that. You have to let it go. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. I have a couple of thoughts. Of um, course. The first is you are surrounded by people that loved you so much. Like you, I know you have a very close relationship to your mom now and also with your dad. And you mentioned your grandmother. A lot of people don't have that experience, right? I'm so glad that you had these powerful women in particular, (laughs) right? Who had your back. And they said, 
they know it's hard to grow up. He's working through something. We love him unconditionally. Let me try to give some techniques here, right? So I think that's really great. Yes. No, it, it was having that support system was definitely, it, it was phenomenal. Um, and it just, I don't think it even, like my grandmother, unfortunately, she passed away about a year or so ago. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, thank Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but no, she she was a huge factor in my life of all aspects, you know, sports, relationships, friendships growing up. So we miss her a lot. Yeah. I don't think you've talked about her that much to me. Really? I haven't haven't said much. No, no. not that Um, much. No. It's tough to talk about my Nana sometimes now that she's gone. We can also not if you want to. No, no, no. I I would love to. She was, she was a strong independent person too. And I think that's where my mom got it from. And then that's where I get it. Yeah. Um, she grew up in an era, um, oh gosh, how old was she? She was about almost 80 when mm-hmm. she passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was she was a nurse. Um, she was a very strong woman, um, beautiful at a young age. Like she she's very like like myself, very social, loving, like loved a good time, loved to dance. Um, and I think that's where I get from too. <laughs> We're going to talk about your dancing at oh, some point okay. too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm for that. You know that. Um, but no, she was, she was amazing. And I hope she's still dancing up there. Yeah, she is. So. Uh, I called my grandma Nana too. Actually, I don't know if you see her. There's the picture in the middle. Oh, it's, no that's way. my, um, her name is Rebecca, but I called her Nana. That's her quinceanera. She's also very beautiful. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> she's my girl. Um, I love that. Nana, Nana. Oh, yep. so, I mean, that's, yeah, I, I think it's, um, not everybody has a really strong relationship with their grandparents and that's such a gift, you know, such a beautiful great. thing. Oh, the other thing I want to say, just cause I want to say it is I'm so proud of you. Are you proud of yourself? Like we're, you're we're so mature. <laughs> I know I've said that to you so many times, but it's, um, the fact that I can say how old you are. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> you're 24 <laughs> and you've already identified so many things about yourself that you appreciate and so many things about yourself that maybe don't serve you anymore or in the way that they have in the past. And mm. you're actively working on them. And I'm really proud of you. I hope you're proud of yourself. I That's, appreciate it's really that. hard to look at yourself and decide who you want to be. Sure. No, no, totally. And I, that means, that means a lot. I, I really appreciate that. And I'm definitely, I'm, I'm getting there. Um, I'm, I'm not fully there by any means, not even close. Uh, but it's just, it's a work in progress every day. Um, I like to tell you all the time when we have these talks, I, I always feel I'm an overthinker, um, everything, all aspects of life, which mm-hmm. comes in handy sometimes, but other times it, it very much drains me sometimes, you know, emotionally, physically, um, but we're working through that. And, you know, every day we're trying to be a better version of ourselves, um, whether that's physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, which is why I love the gym and I love the atmosphere of being there, the relationships like, like I've created with yourself um, and other clients. Um, and it just day in and day out, you know, you're just, you're trying to be the best version and that's all you can do. We try to wake up every day and just, you know, do the best you can. That's hundred percent true. And I'm so glad you figured it out at 24 because <laughs> we're still figuring it out at 40. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, when you say you're, you've mentioned a couple of times you're an overthinker. What does that mean? Oh man. And you what? also say it with kind of a negative connotation. So I'm curious. I, I think I say it with a negative connotation because I don't like that about myself sometimes. Okay. Um, but I guess I do use it in, you know, in certain aspects, it could help me, but 
whether it ranges from just a conversation I had or something I did or reacted, I just, I will overly process it in my head and review it and be like, oh, when I said this, I meant it this way, but did this person perceive it this way? And I'm like, oh gosh, I hope not. And then I'm like completely spiraling down a rabbit hole of like, oh my God, they're not going to want to talk to me. Like I, and I, I can come off as funny as it sounds. I can come off confident and you oh, know, yeah. collect, <laughs> co- collected and it just like, like it's, everything's fine. But it, deep down inside, I'm like, I am a deeply insecure person about certain things. Mm-hmm. So, and that just, I spiral down a rabbit hole with that sometimes. Do you think we're all insecure or do you think like, I, I mean, let me say this differently. I am insecure and I feel like a lot of people that I talk to also feel insecure. Do you think it's just the human experience or do you think there's almost an extra layer of something you're working through? Hmm. I definitely, no, I definitely think it's a human experience um, mm-hmm. because my mother herself, cause she knows like we have these, these talks all the time yeah, and she knows all my insecurities, everything that I don't like. I wish Amazing. I could change. Yeah. yeah. She, she's super supportive of this journey that I'm on. Yeah. Um, but like, no, she's expressed to me some of her insecurities to try to like shed some light and be like, you're not alone. Like, you yes. know, and just rattling off these things. And I'm like, I never even knew. And she, and then she's like, but that's, that's the idea is like, yes, everybody is, everybody's insecure about certain things, but ultimately, you know, you have to, you have to look at the things that you're insecure about, Mm -hmm. understand if I can accept and change the, or if I can change these, then great. Like let's work towards it and try to change it. But if you can't, then you have to learn how to accept that about yourself, process it in however way that you're going to process it. Mm-hmm. And ultimately you, you have to just move on. Leading into this next phase um, of my life, like my, so like I said, you said I'm 24, um, kind of getting towards the middle part of my twenties. Yeah. Um, and we had growing up from in the military and experience all in that and coming out here to California was it was amazing. I did a lot of great things and, you know, fun things with friends and stuff and experienced a bunch, but now I'm kind of ready to shift my mindset and what I want to do. Um, and I, that's why I think I'm looking so forward to my back end of my twenties, um, to really just like solidify, like, okay, you are coming in, you're becoming more and more comfortable of who you are and mm-hmm. where you're going to go. Um, and then, yeah, just, just go along that journey. You could do anything. Mm. <laughs> you could do anything. <laughs> is that exciting or is that nerve wracking? So exciting, good, but also good. also very terrifying though. Okay. Also very. And that, and that was one. And I was going to touch on that earlier when yeah. you asked me that question. Um, exciting, yeah, but terrifying because change is, change can be very scary, right? It's unknown, yeah. and it's you don't necessarily know if it's going to work out you have to learn to push past that scared risk factor. Um, because if you don't, <laughs> yeah. if you don't, you're never, I don't know. I just, I would hate to ever feel unfulfilled in certain aspects. So and I should launch my podcast is what you're telling me. 1000%. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> no, listen, I, I think with this, the yeah. whole idea and concept behind yeah. it, and you and I have we've connected and we've talked about it at work. I I love it. I absolutely love it, and I think it's going to take off. I have no doubt in my mind. You're so nice. <laughs> no, no, I'm, and I'm not. I'm not just Thank saying. Thank you. Fair. I I very Blushing. much look forward. 
<laughs> I made you blush. No, you made me blush. It's great. It's yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, no, but you're right. It's being brave through the fear. One hundred percent. You have to. You have to. <gasps> it's so Sorry, hard, so though. smart. <laughs> it's so hard. It's well, so I, hard. I can thank my mom to be yeah. honest, and yeah. my dad has also played a very big role too. Um, you know, he, growing up, he was a little bit uh, tougher on me than yeah. my mom was in certain aspects. So having that vulnerability and the emotion side of things um, as a man, um, you know, you always kind of feel like you have to be tip top and like, you know, in front of your dad. Right. But I'm a very emotional, as you can tell. And I love it, Trent. I love it. (laughs) I I appreciate that. Uh, But he he's a little bit harder in that aspect. Does he have that side to him? Yes, definitely. He's a human being. He 100 percent has it. (laughs) (laughs) He's a little giant teddy bear. Now that I'm older, I'm learning to be able to have those different conversations with him because, you know, he came out here and he asked me, one of the questions was like, what do you like to do? You know, like just, he has just trying to catch up. And a part of me was like, I didn't really know how to answer, even though I did know how to answer, but I was just like, it took me back for a second. Cause I was like, we don't normally talk like this, you know? So it was different. But but it was it was very cool and it was, it was special. It is yes, special is the perfect word for it. It broke down all those walls inside me, and it was just yeah. So it's been great, and we're slowly as we're getting older, we we talk about everything. That's so great. That makes me so happy. Um, and then you're gonna go see them in like a month, two months, yes, something like that. Yes. Yeah, it'll be so very good. Excited! I can't wait to see them. I wanted to talk to you about your music. We can also talk about anything else you want to, but I think no, I that's another it. really big part of who you are. Yes. <laughs> so I just wanted to get a sense from you of, well, let me ask you instead of making the assumption, is music a big part of who you are? And why do you think that is? <laughs> uh, probably one of the biggest parts of who I am, to be honest. Um, it's it's huge. It can speak to me on another level than I think you know some people can. Um, it just, when you're... You're working, maybe in your time uh, you're alone and you're trying to process things and you don't quite know how to formulate things into your head and being able to express that into words, music can do that for me. And I think music can do that for a lot of other people. And I love, it's just, that's such a freeing feeling too, because it's just like, wow, somebody out there does get me, yes. you know, which, oh, is what, yeah. which is what this podcast and why I'm doing this, because I'm looking at it like that. And yes, so hundred percent huge part of who I am coming out here. Uh, my ex-girlfriend, which was phenomenal. She introduced me to, the Oh, music. you did tell me that I forgot. Oh yes. So okay. when we met, I discovered like, as we were learning about each other that she was like super big into electronic music. And I was like, no way. Like, you know, tell me about it. Cause I was intrigued. You know, I love to dance. I love that kind of atmosphere. I was like, Oh, tell me more. And so she, you know, she would tell me all about it. And she's like, you have to come with me to one of these shows and experience the culture and the lifestyle and the, the atmosphere and such the freeing and no judgment mm-hmm. feeling and vibe that you feel when you walk into a show there mm-hmm. um, was something that I had never 
it, it, oh. was, it, it touched me on a whole nother level than I could have even imagined. And to this day, still five years, I, I love going to shows. I love going to festivals and just being and experiencing that. And just, just the relationships that you could create there for one night. Maybe you guys do become friends, but just everybody's there for the same purpose, just to feel this music on a whole nother level and just love each other and feel peace. And I think for myself specifically, turn my brain off. Yes. You're very and present. Exactly. It uh-huh. finally allows me to breathe, be still, like my mother always says, and be present and be in the moment and just enjoy it, you know? And it's it's so beautiful, especially with your friends. Oh, I love it. I've never been to one of those shows, but my, oh. um, my friend that I visited in Seattle this last weekend, he, he told me he's gone, a, I think a couple of times, cause he has some friends that are very into it in, mm-hmm. San, in the Bay area. Yep. In the Bay area. It's very popular. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is. <laughs> yep. It's very popular. But he told me that it's one, everything you just said, it's, it's a very supportive community. People are giving each other water and sharing their resources, which he loved. Mm -hmm. He also said it's a very diverse community that he said at least 50% of the folks were um, Asian and Latino. And he was like, Oh, like it was a very diverse group of folks. So, Mm -hmm. and everyone is just having a good time. It's very different from like a hip hop concert. He said, (laughs) which I love me some hip hop. So, um, but yeah, he, he plussed one, everything you just said about it just being a loving community. So it it really is. It's, it's loving, it's accepting. And I think that's accepting. Yes. And that's the biggest thing too, Mm. because people who, which is great right now uh, with this podcast, struggling with, you know, self-identity, who we are, um, it's a place where you can go, where nobody's going to judge you. You can dress how you want, act how you want, say what you want. You just, you're, it's, it's finally a chance for you to be you and to not worry so much about all the outside and external factors and just shut that down, recharge your batteries and just enjoy life and dance and listen to the music and just be free. The thing that stuck out to me when you were describing the experience is no judgment and acceptance. Do you feel rejected a lot of the time or in, in terms of normal society or like, and is it rejection from others or is it rejection of yourself? Like, cause you mentioned that word a couple of times and maybe that wasn't the exact word, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel maybe not necessarily like a judgment aspect. Of judgment, it, not like, rejected judgment. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, no, you're okay. You're <laughs> <I was> like... <laughs> uh, it's just more, I think it kind of just stems from like the, the insecurity aspect of it. Um, when, when you're there, there's just, it's so, uh, there's no, no judgments whatsoever. Like nobody cares, you know, where, or like what you're going to be doing or who you are as a person or any of the insecurities that you have, like, that's a place where you're letting all of that just fall off of you. It's just a time for me to just finally just turn everything off. And it just, the insecurities just fall away and the overthinking falls away. And it just, yeah. I see. So it's you accepting yourself and therefore you can be comfortable in this environment. Yes. I think, uh, I think that's what it is. And, and, and I always it. come out of every show feeling some sort of like different way, to be honest, because you just, you've, you've cleansed out of yourself. You've let it go. It's time to, it's like, you're, it's like a shifted mindset and perspective. Oh yeah. It's weird. You feel very good coming out of it. It's such a freeing experience. So that is what I think to answer your question. It's um, yeah. I'm just, it's a time for me that I'm like, I, I love myself Yes, and I don't, and, and, and as crazy it is to say, and that's usually 
having an inner talk with yourself there is great because that's where you're working through that. And it's mm-hmm. what an easier atmosphere to have those conversations with because people are doing the same thing. You know, they're loving themselves too. Exactly. Uh, and you can, you feel that energy radiate too. Oh my God. <laughs> like <laughs> we all need to go every weekend. It's like, you know, like that's amazing. It is. It is. That's really cool. That's really, really, really cool. I would say if somebody can experience a show or a festival at least once in their life, I would highly, highly recommend it. My mother, I sent her a bunch of songs and she yeah. really wants to go herself <laughs> yes. in, in her fifties and, yes. and, it, and it's welcomed. I've seen 50 year old people there. I've seen, yeah, it's very much welcomed. I mean, the DJs that you've sent me, they're closer to my age than your age. Yep. <laughs> I was I like, know. oh, these guys are 40. <laughs> And they're still performing. They are. They are. It's it's awesome. I love it. (laughs) That's really cool. That's really cool. Okay. I have one last question for you and then we will wrap this up. Um, So I've been talking to a lot of folks that are closer to my age, sometimes also even older, who have traditionally not been able to make time for fitness and working out. And so I just wanted to get your advice of what would you tell these people? <laughs> mm. Aside from move to San Diego, when you can be their trainer, right? Aside from that. <laughs> well, I would I would say this. Um, the gym might not be for everybody, right? Mm. Um, but that's okay, right? Not everybody can find that sense of um, that drive and that motivation inside of them to go to the gym and be put in an atmosphere where it is a little intimidating at first. You walk in there and you see, you know, different walks of life, whether it's, you know, young high school kids to mm-hmm. older people or uh, elderly, you know, men, women, um, middle-aged um, bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. You see so yes. many different people and it's so intimidating. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I necessarily belong here. And a lot of people second guess that. But what I would say is if you have that idea that you want to go to the gym and you want to try to better yourself in that, that aspect, know that you're not alone and that everybody feels that when you come to the gym, that that mm-hmm. anxiety, that, um, and it's actually a thing it's called social physique anxiety. And I learned about oh. this. Yeah. I learned about this when I went through my course that when you're in the gym and say you're a new, you know, a newcomer to the gym, you're not very experienced yet. You feel like everybody's looking at me. Like everybody knows that I'm Oh new. yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's actually a thing. Um, like everybody's like, oh, they know that I don't know exactly what I'm doing or how to do this lift properly. Um, so they get worried and it's called social physique anxiety. It's mm-hmm. a very common thing. And just know that nobody is actually looking yeah. at you like that. And I, and it just be, the, you know, enjoy being there for yourself and enjoy the process and the journey of becoming better in that aspect um, and just know that everybody's there doing the same thing. That's all they're trying to do. Just like at a, at a music festival, that's all everybody's trying to do, even in life. I wish, I feel like I got stronger and I wish I didn't have to do anything more and I could just be this strong and I'd be good. <laughs> I know. But it doesn't work that way. I got to keep going. You got to maintain. Exactly. And it's so annoying. But once you realize that that's the case, then it, you can look at it and say, oh, well, the goal is one thing, but it's actually the experience I'm having. You call it the journey, right? That's mm-hmm. beneficial for your life. Exactly. <sighs> exactly. Just know that you're doing phenomenal though. Like us training together, you've made tremendous progress. Thank um, you. And no, I, I very much look forward to working with you and seeing what else you accomplish too. And in all aspects of life too, not just the gym, because I can already see the podcasts and everything. It's, it's I'm working it's, hard. You are. <laughs> 
I, and I'm sure anybody yeah. can see that. And I very much respect and appreciate you having me on here um, and letting me be able to talk. And yeah, it's been great. I really appreciate you. You took the words out of my mouth, Trent. <laughs> so I'm going to give you this podcast. <laughs> no, I wanted to thank you so much. Um, and I appreciate the time and I appreciate being vulnerable. And just, I always love our conversations. And me too. I'm so proud of everything you've done so far too. So thank you. I hope you had fun. I did. This (laughs) was great. This was great. Okay, good. I'm so glad. Thank you for listening to the One of a Kind podcast. This show is edited by my brother from the very same mother, Jose Duran. We have more episodes on the way, so please check us out wherever you get your podcasts.